the Animated Movie Watch. I'm Birdie. I'm Beffers. And today's episode is The Black Cauldron. We pick our movies from the list of animated feature films on Wikipedia. Any movie with a theatrical release that has a critics rating of over 50% on Rotten Tomatoes will get its own episode here on Animoa. And we're watching these in chronological order. And this movie, I'm honestly almost surprised that it made the 50%, but uh, it Me did. Too. It Me did too. by five whole percentages. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie declares a smack dab in the middle of the 80s. It kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. We are in, we are in mid-80s. Dark fantasy is rampant. Yes. And this this tried to cash in on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keyword yeah. being try. Anyway, tried. hey, what you drinking, Bethel? Oh, I have some sleepy time tea because, oh. I mean, I want to be energized, but I'm also tired. <laughs> yeah, we, this is one of those rare times when we're, we are recording in the evening. We don't normally do that. After a full day of work. Yeah. ML. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my fault for having a migraine on recording day. I, it's not your It is, though. It's it was not. my migraine. It was my migraine. Oh. <laughs> okay, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking sparkling water. It's mm. just just typical grapefruit sparkling water, nothing fancy. Just It is what it is. Cool. Cheers. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> Oy vey. Yeah. Okay, so let's just establish we have both seen this before. A long time ago. Once each, right? Yeah. Okay. And then we have both also read Lloyd Alexander's The Chronicles of Prydain, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I never knew you had read that. That's so funny. And you never knew I read it. No. What if we read it at the same time? I mean, it was, I think, high school for me. Might have been really high school? Yeah. Me? I'm trying to remember exactly. It, it could have even been middle school because I. Did you ever read any other Lloyd Alexander books? I did read one. What, which one? Time Cat. Oh, I see. Okay, that's funny because I didn't read Time Cat. I read The the Cat Who Wanted to Be Human or oh. something like that. I forget what's the exact title, but I, I loved that book. But yeah, no, I've heard of Time Cat at least. I did not like it. Aw. Oh, man. I loved... What, what, I don't even know how to say that. Prydane? Prydane? Yeah. Yes. I think that's how you say it. I loved those. I, me too. And, okay. So I love them so much that I was excited there was a movie out and then I watched it and I was so disappointed that I basically put most of it out of my head. Like oh. even the books, I'm like, I, I can't compare oh, wow. these two. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. I write down these questions to ask you and you often like just jump ahead and start <laughs> answering stuff I haven't even said yet, but that's okay. Say. You do. And this is fine because we can discuss these things. Cause yeah, I was going to ask like, okay, so yeah, the first time you saw this movie, like what were your, what were your thoughts on it? And then perhaps a comparison of now, if there was anything that was worse than you remembered or something that was better and you liked it better this time around or anything like that. This time around, I probably liked it better because yeah. I remember being so bored back in the day. It's pretty boring. Yeah. It's a pretty boring movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you did like it better this time? Yeah, because I didn't have the memory of the books to get my hopes up again. Mm -hmm. So I looked at this with fresh eyes. Yeah. So I could, I could separate the good from the bad. That's, yeah, that's good. That's, that's healthy. Because, yeah, I, honestly, I mean, it had been a minute since I'd read the books myself when I first saw The Black Cauldron because I watched it in college. And it had been probably at least a handful of years then since I had read them. 
But I still was like, ew. (laughs) No wonder this is... Okay, yeah, I see why it bummed. But I also would say there were certain things about it that I enjoyed more this time around. And then other things that I was like, now this is still pretty bad. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, you were saying that you you really enjoy the books. Yeah. Like, um, I know obviously you do a lot of reading and you've done a lot of reading. Like, like up there with any other fantasy series, like above like the rest, like is it your favorite or like? No, it's not my favorite, but it's pretty high up there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, near and dear and yet now it's been a minute, but it's been a long minute. I'm sure you remember at least some stuff from it though. And Uh, well, I remember there was a hero and there was, what? Oh, never mind. What? Just Taran or Gwydion? I don't remember Gwydion. He was he he was cut from the movie entirely. No, I remember Taran, like the boy okay. who goes on the adventure. Okay, sure, sure, sure. And Avonlea and yeah. her bobble. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. This movie had only like showed her bobble two once. seconds of bobble. Yeah, it was it was a pretty cool little orb. And I remembered there was some old guy who was on the adventure with him, and that would be Fluter. He's not old. <laughs> that pisses me off. <laughs> and yeah, I remembered the pig. And how it was clairvoyant, and that was pretty cool. Okay. I might have actually remembered more about the book series than you. You probably did. Because you might have read it when you were younger, too. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Mysteries. I have a a log of books I've read. I could go back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) I can tell what year it was based on the chunk of books I read that month. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... There's definitely stuff that the movie does that it's, if, if you have read the books, it's like, God damn it, why? And changes that were made and stupid things that they do. But a lot of them are just kind of dumb, even without knowing the source material yeah. and just poorly handled, kind of a mess. Gosh, what, 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 what do we want to, what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about why this is Disney's mess? Or do we want to talk about... Like, really quick plot overview, really quick, um, just sort of like, or do we just dive into characters? Do we dive into oh. comparisons? Like, let's do the basic plot. Basic plot. Okay. There's a, there's the horned king who wants to get a hold of this cauldron who will give him dark powers, infinite powers, create the cauldron born, yeah. the army of the dead, all that jazz. Sure. Okay. And Taran, this boy, lives. In a, in a little hut, as you do at the beginning of an assistant, <laughs> an assistant pig farmer. That is an assistant pig farmer. Like, pig keeper? Yeah, yeah. it's not even a farmer. It's a pig keeper, right? You, you don't farm pigs. <laughs> but they farm you. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyway. But no, uh, he, he's got this clairvoyant pig who's pretty cute. Henwen. Henwen. And, yeah. and she finds out that the Horned King is after this cauldron. And now he knows about her, and it's like, oh. Sweet, a pig who can let me know where the cauldron is because she yeah. knows shit. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the old dude whose name I forget. Um, the old dude. Uh, uh, Dol, 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 Dolbin. 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 <laughs> Dolbin. Yeah, he's like the, the old dude and he's like, ah, oh, you must go on your quest. And he's, so He's yeah. the senior pig keeper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, Master uh, pig keeper. Charn is supposed to go off and hide the pig and he has one job. He has one job. Just to keep an eye on the pig and he doesn't. Because he's fantasizing about being a fucking knight? A warrior? Yeah, it's yeah. a warrior. He's like, I'll be a warrior. That's like all he says the entire movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm a warrior. 
so so the kid gets kidnapped by the dragon things. The dragon things. They're not to the horned king. They've got like a Welsh name for what those are. I don't know. There's so much Welsh. It hurts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Taran has to go save Henwin. Yeah. Oh, uh, before that, he bumps into Gurgi. Oh, Gurgi. Don't forget about Gurgi. Let's let's wait till we talk about characters because I can't. <laughs> okay, but he's part of you know. You do have to mention that he bumps into him because he does, he does join the party eventually. But yes, when Taran is going to get Henwin out of the castle, he also gets captured because he sucks. <laughs> um, and Henwin shows where the Black Cauldron is, and yay! Okay, and Taran's all locked up, and then. Um, he gets rescued <laughs> um, by Ilanwi. That's how you say her name. Ilanwi? Ilanwi. I think it's Ilanwi. Some, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Who has a bobble, as we mentioned. It's a, a glowing orb that helps light her way, and we only yeah. see it in like two scenes, and yeah. then we never see it again. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, she helps him out, and then they also bump into another guy who's been captured. It's his fluter flung, and he's a bard. And his heart breaks when he lies. <laughs> That's cute. a fun detail. It's cute. And they all escape together. Yay. Eventually. Henman actually got away earlier. So while they're finding a way to escape, Tarn finds a sword that belongs oh, to the yeah. king. And he steals it from That's the grave. Yeah. And it turns out to be this all-powerful sword that can it do does, anything. It does all the work for him. Yeah, it does. Because he, he's useless without it. It really is. Pretty much. Okay, so they escape. And they find themselves getting sucked into fairyland, I guess, where Henwin actually already is. And like the fairy king is like, what's up? And he's got his buddy named Dolly, who's, who's, who's actually really fun. And they're like, cool, you need to find the Black Cauldron now, I guess, before the Horned King does, I guess. I, I, I don't really remember. I don't know, but oh, they, God. they do find the cauldron. They do, because they go to the witches. The witches' house. The three witches. It's always three. Yeah, there's they're always three. Um, and they make a deal, and uh, Taran gives up his sword in, in exchange for the cauldron, which they can't do shit with, because you can't actually destroy it unless you climb into it and, and sacrifice yourself. <laughs> yeah. And they're all like, ah, shit, well, we're not going to do that, and surprise someone will. Um, <laughs> wow, what a twist. Except it, it's not Gurgi in the book. No, Gurky uh, does not climb into the cauldron and then get brought back to life by witches in the book. That That's not how it happens. Hmm. But Gurky is absolutely in the books and he's in it until the end. Spoilers! <laughs> For if you ever read the books. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, the witches float off and they've got the cauldron and then they get captured. All of them except for Gurky, who kind of runs away because he's a little coward. But that's like an established character trait. <laughs> And then the Horned King has the cauldron, and he tosses a body in it and makes a bunch of spooky, scary skeletons. Awesome. It's pretty metal. Then he sends out his army of the dead, and while in the middle of that, Gurgi shows up again, and I think he he, yeah, he, he at least breaks Taran free. Mm-hmm. And Taran's like, I'm going to jump in the cauldron. Gurgi's like, no, 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 you have friends. You're my only friend. I'm going to jump in. And he does. <laughs> and that actually undoes all the magic of the cauldron, and it starts imploding on itself and sucking everyone in, including the Horn King, who's pissed. He That's just kind of he kind of gets his like body like torn apart as he gets yeah, sucked in. It's it, pretty cool. It melts into the cauldron. Yeah, I loved that so much. And then doesn't like everything blow up? Basically, I guess so. I think the whole thing kind of explodes, and they're all okay that the, the people we care about but the black cauldron's just still kind of floating out in the water and Gurky's dead 
And then the witches show up in the clouds again. They're like, we'll take that back. You have no use for it now, right? We'll, we'll just take it back. They're like, no, 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 no. Bargain. Give us back Gurgi. I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> and they do. And everyone lives happily ever after. And Henwin's back with Dalvin. And they're looking at the dark. I, I guess don't so. remember. It's, yeah. Woo. It's not wrapped up in a real good way. No. It's just sort of it just sort of ends there. And yeah, I mean, considering this is meant to be an adaptation of not the entire series, but it's basically the first two books squished together, mm-hmm. missing many, 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 many characters. <laughs> it is what it is. So I wonder why Disney even wanted to take such an epic and turn it into a movie. I know that they wanted to like have their own dark fantasy movie to compete with everyone else but then they butchered it like if you're gonna have a dark movie don't don't turn it into a g movie you know production hell i know (laughs) and yeah that's that's basically yeah the whole story behind why this failed is just how many hands it was passed between and how many different visions there were for what it should be and what it wasn't and what it was Mm -hmm. lots of interference i read that it took 10 years to make yeah, but like between the time they actually like bought the rights, I think they bought the rights even before they started making it, of course, but I like earlier in the 70s, like beginning of the 70s. And then a few years later, they started work on it. And then it just coasted along in production hell for so, so long. And then so many different things kind of kept happening to put off the release of it. Mm-hmm. Gosh, where to even begin with that? But let's see if we can remember at least a few facts. Like, like, I think it was, there was still, like, some of the Nine Old Men were involved with the initial production of it. Yeah, and they, they passed it down to a few of their, I don't know, apprentices or they, whatever you would call them. They basically handed it off. Remember when we talked about the Fox and the Hound being sort of, like, the venture of, like, the new versus the old? Yeah. This was truly just the new. Like, basically all new people with just, like, a, a couple of remnants of the old. But they, they kind of just, they had, their, their, their fingerprints were on it, but they, not, they didn't actually have i don't think they did animation in this i don't think they animated i think what they had was milt call was brought out of retirement to design the main characters but then that was about it and i think this was also a film that tim tim burton was on briefly oh. and then uh, he he got out of there because it just wasn't working out <laughs> lassiter also uh yes that's correct and he also uh <laughs> fucked off <laughs> You had uh, Musker and Clements were both working on it and had creative differences and ended up going off to work on The Great Mouse Detective, which is, as we learn, that one was a far more successful film compared to this film. Yeah. So they, and they ended up obviously finding a formula and finding a good rapport, I guess. (laughs) And... And then, a lot of people blame Jeffrey Katzenberg for cutting things, yes. which confuses me because this is the guy who killed Mufasa. <laughs> he didn't want a dark movie. Well, <laughs> so like, I guess in his defense, which I don't want to defend him, but like the reason why he reacted so strongly is because at the, the pre-screenings, they had like kids and, and mothers like running from the theater, <laughs> like freaking out. And so he's like, oh my God, we have to cut this. We have to. And it was an overreaction. And cutting 12 minutes of the film, absolutely an overreaction. Mm. Michael Eisner had to step in and be like, buddy, please. No, stop. <laughs> but it still was enough that they had to delay the release of this like by like another 
happier year. Yep. I'm yeah, happier. something like that. Unfortunately for them, what was it, like $44 million budget? Or not, uh, I think the budget was much smaller. They went over budget. It cost $44 million to make, and it made mm, $21.3 million <laughs> domestically, and was beat out by the Care Bears movie? Yeah. <laughs> by, like, about a million? <laughs> And Care Bears didn't meet our criteria because it wasn't... It wasn't a high enough rating. No. For critics-wise. I well, didn't, I didn't I didn't, we don't look at that. <laughs> Who looks at audience scores? Who cares? No. Okay. Uh, I, do. I do, actually. <laughs> but we set our criteria and it is what it is. But yeah, no. that I love that that didn't even make the list and it performed better <laughs> in the domestic box office. That's just... That's how poorly this was handled. They just... They couldn't settle on i think what they wanted like and, and and just you can just see it and feel it in the movie in terms of like the tone is all over the place yeah it's either super dark especially when they're with the horned king or yeah. it's just super frilly when they're with Tarin. yeah god damn it Tarin. okay even when he's fighting he looks frilly <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> so yeah i guess sort of a question kind of regarding all of this is that some people have sort of like it, it has sort of a cult, a cult following though because you know a lot of people like kind of see it and they're like oh that's not as bad as everyone's making it out to be yeah. like what, what what are your thoughts was this is it good enough that it, it's earned its cult following or is it a deserved flop i think that it this movie becomes a cult following if you see it at a really young age and you see it a lot you know how we are with certain movies where we're yeah. like, oh, I used to watch this all the time. I think The Black Cauldron is the same in other people's lives. I could see that. I still think it's a bad movie, but it's not as bad as people put it out to be. Okay, yeah. So maybe maybe not necessarily deserved to flop, but definitely not a strong movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has a lot of flaws. Well, do you want to talk at all about the characters then? Just move right on sure. to that. Yeah. Let's, let's go on our rants. Let's go on our rants. And yes. we can talk about, you know, the actual characters. We can talk about voice acting. We can talk about the animation. Just as we go through each of them. As we go through yeah, each character? I think so. Because, okay. like, some of them have different styles. Yeah. You know, do. in a way. How and about Tarin? So I fucking hate him. Me too. Yeah, wow. They, they made him just really kind of insufferable. I think they were trying to go for... Wart from Sword and Stone. He kind of looks like him. <laughs> yeah, and he moves like him sometimes, but yeah. he's just, we have nothing in common with him, and he, all he does is just complain about everything. Yeah, his voice I found very annoying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sorry, kid, whoever you were, whoever this person was, you, you don't have a link on Wikipedia, so I, I don't know how much voice acting you ever did. <laughs> But yeah, it was just, that was just rough. And then we just kind of made fun of him the entire movie. He was very make-funnable. Uh, yeah, like all the times he should have died because something was going to fall on him. We kept saying, like, oh, man, he didn't die. <laughs> and, and he should have sliced open his own face a bunch of times because he was literally dancing around with a super sharp sword. Very irresponsible <laughs> in so many ways. He had one job. <laughs> He's just not a very compelling hero. No. They just made him a whiny kid. Yep. That's all he is. Mm-hmm. And I, like, like, the only thing that I appreciate is that he was willing to sacrifice himself to stop it all, but yeah. he ended up not doing it. <sighs> and then, like, 
you think maybe he's going to do something cool at the end when, like, he and the Horn King are both getting sucked in, and he just lies there. <laughs> he's just kind of, like, lie on the steps while the Horn King gets sucked in. It's like, you weren't going to, like, push him? You weren't going to, like, <laughs> something? I don't know. He just sucked. How about I Also kind of boring. Yeah, really boring. Just not much to her. She kind of, um... Style-wise and look-wise, I don't know, she kind of reminded me of Sleeping Beauty Aurora a little bit. I think oh, it was the blonde hair. She reminded me of Alice. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, we're both, like, just the right I, age, you know? Yeah, the, 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 the style of Alice and Alice in Wonderland feels very different to me than whatever style it was they used for Sleeping Beauty. This felt a little closer to that to me. But I see what you're saying, at least in terms of age and everything. Yeah. And just... Maybe the colors and stuff. <laughs> I, I wanted to like her, but she just got more and more annoying because she turned into that damsel in distress who doesn't do anything. And all she does is yell, yeah. oh, tell her to do something. Yeah. I, I liked the bit where she and Taran were fighting. She was like, I did save you. Like, what? What? you would still be in there if it weren't for me. And it's yeah. like, you, you go, girl. But then she got like all like. Weepy, yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I was like, no, why'd you do that? Why'd you have to do that to her? I found her voice also kind of annoying. It just felt very affected. Like, it sounded like somebody putting on a British accent, but I think she actually was English, so (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Yeah, I I wish I could say something more about, like, her animation, but it was just, she was just kind of such a bland character. There wasn't really much to see or notice with her. Yeah. (sighs) How about Fluter Flynn? Or Fluter Flam. I don't care what his name is. <laughs> the Bard. Ugh. If you look at him purely in like the world of this movie and not think about what he was in the book series, he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. He, he like you know I, I laughed a few times at his lines. I laughed at a little bit of his in, his antics. Um, he was kind of like this adorable man. Whereas in the fucking books. He's much younger, and he has a giant cat that he rides around. Oh, and the he, cat! Yeah, he's awesome. Oh. I love Flutter. Like I was, I was obsessed with Flutterfly in the books. That was probably my favorite character. So I was very disappointed with what they did with him in the movie. That's probably the thing that I disliked a lot more when I watched it the first time was remembering him yeah. and being pissed off about it. And this time, kind of going and like, okay, I've distanced myself from the books. He's more acceptable this time around. Yeah. I liked his introduction when he's he's all chained up and about to be tortured, and he's trying to charm his way out yeah. of torture. That's such a bard. Move. Yeah. Oh my god. He's yeah. He's a true bard, and it's 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 kind of great. Animation's fun. He does look like a, a Milt Call creation, and yeah, fun fun animation for him as befitting a more comic relief kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. Now for the character they thought they would use as comic relief, Gurgi. So you don't like Gurgi? I don't like Gurgi. Everyone hates Gurgi. I like Gurgi. In the movie? Yeah. What? Yeah, I like Gurgi. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of upset that everyone hates Gurgi because oh. I think he's kind of adorable. And kind of, just, just, like, I, I hated the first time I saw it because I was like, why is he a dog? Yeah. He's not supposed to be a fucking dog. He's like supposed to be a hairy little man. He's like a, like more like a monkey, maybe. Mm. But I actually think he's kind of adorable in this. And that was the thing that I wasn't expecting to like this time around. But I was like... Oh, he's just doing his best. I think if they had dialed it back a bit, he would have been more entertaining mm. uh, or less annoying. <laughs> I 
The only thing that bothered me about like his voice is that it sounds like they're recording him in like a tin can. I know. Like if they had like had a little bit more clarity or something, I don't know if the um, John Biner <laughs> who did his voice, I don't know how he did that, <laughs> like to get that what he had to do with his mouth to achieve <laughs> that sound. If that's just naturally part of it, where it sounds like he's talking to a tin can, or if they just had a really bad recording track, which seems weird. Like, why would they release that? It just sounded weird. Yeah. But the voice itself, I don't have a problem with. He's just like he's like a fuzzy, happy golem. He he is. And I'm, I'm 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 totally cool with that. I like fuzzy, happy golem. <laughs> he is kind of useless though. Just always making trouble. It, yeah. It, I got tired of it. Oh. I mean, and you know what? Fair enough. Because again, that's that's I am. Almost certainly in the minority here in terms of liking Guri. I didn't think I'd like him, but I, because I, I didn't the first time, but this time I was just like, he's trying. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just a little hairy monster. It was just hanging out with people. And then he's actually trying to help. And he's like, I know where the pig tracks are. I can show you. I can, I can show you. Right. Oh, here, look at all the pots. And there's like 200 pots. And he's like, I found the black cauldron for you. And him sacrificing himself. Now that was cool. Yeah. It's like, good for him, man. He did it. He was just like, Gurky has no friends, so no one will miss me, and jumped in. And it was like, oh, my heart. And I liked the little rhyming stuff, like the munchings and crunchings. Like, I, I, I remember that from the book. Like, like I, I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like Gurky in the book, of course. But See, I didn't even remember Gurky in the book. He's <gasps> probably so different. He still does all the rhyming stuff, and he's, mm-hmm. he's still kind of like a little companion who's just very loyal to Tarin and follows him around. But, yeah, I, I don't know if he was quite as Jar Jar Binks-like, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, how about Henwin? Um, very cute pig design. That's yeah. about all I've got to say about her. It's like the, the girl version of Wilbur. Yeah! Yeah, yeah I, was, I think I was thinking Charlotte's Web when I was looking at her. Yeah, just cute pig. Served her, her purpose. Yeah. She's a nice little inciting thing. To set you off on an adventure. Oh, I want to talk about the animation when she was being chased by the dragon. Oh, holy shit, that animation yeah. was, like, amazing. And I, this is some of the stuff that I, I probably should have looked up more. Was, like, who worked on what, who who animated which characters, who worked on which scenes. And I feel like I dropped the ball a little bit on no, that one. Okay. But I'm sure someone awesome worked on that scene because it shows. Yeah. Oh, man, I was stressed out because the children are <laughs> scrambling so desperately. Yeah. And then there's this part where the dragon comes in from above and sinks his claws into her, like pressing her into the ground so she can't run away. And her face is like right up to us. Yeah. Oh, I, I felt panicky. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, job it's, there. It, that was a very effective scene. Very well done. <laughs> and, and then Tarin's scrambling the same way to go after her. And I'm like, oh, he, he can be desperate out here. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But yeah, at least, yeah, that, that whole sequence was, was effective. Um, what other characters? I mean, the Horned King. <gasps> okay, <laughs> I take it you're a fan. <laughs> I'm such a fan. Uh, I, I love his design. I love his clothes. <laughs> his, his cloak. I love his voice. That was John Hurt. It sure was. Holy crap. And it, it, it showed, like, when he started, like, raising his voice and, like, kind of getting a little bit more excitable, which wasn't very often. Normally, he was very just quiet and ominous. But he, I was reminded of his character in V for Vendetta when mm-hmm. he's, like, giving those speeches and everything, all evil and mm-hmm. stuff. Anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, I like his entrance too. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're like, yeah, this guy knows how to make an entrance. That's for sure. And the freaking music with the not theremin, but it sounds like a theremin. Elmer <sighs> Bernstein. See, this is what Disney should have should have done. Like the whole movie. You know, I have a feeling we're gonna have a similar conversation when we get to Hunchback of Notre Dame in terms of dark villain versus certain lighthearted stuff that yeah. pops up. <laughs> Anyway, no, the first is, cool. Yeah, like his design and art and, and animation were all so perfectly dark fantasy, and then you insert the animation of Tarn and Gurgi, and it's all cutesy, and it just it, fair enough. Yeah, <sighs> if they if they just pushed it yeah. in one direction and not balanced it, but <sighs> Disney, <laughs> Disney of then. Who knows about Disney of now? We'll mm. see. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> oh my gosh. Disney should do a live action version and just go full dark. Okay, we'll see. That was actually gonna be my five thing. That was gonna be one of my questions. Is like, what would you think if they did a live action version of this? But we should finish talking about the characters. Okay. <laughs> Horn King. Horn King. Yeah, no, uh, effective character. He didn't do like a whole lot, but no. when he was on the screen, you felt his presence, that's for sure. And he had an awesome death scene. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the cooler Disney death scenes, like like you you think on one hand, it's like oh, he just sort of vanishes into a cauldron. It's like no, but watch how he does it. <laughs> it's mm. fucking creepy. And I guess to branch off of him, we can talk about the cauldron born as well. Oh, the skeleton. Yeah, his spooky, scary skeleton army. Yay. Um, since they're they're connected to him, I think, and they're 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 similar enough since they're also skeletal beings and they're very very creepily animated and they were heavily cut they're the ones who probably suffered the most from the cuts because they were the scariest part of the movie because they had i think you can still see like either from like the cutting room or storyboards or something of like what they actually did to people (laughs) and like it's it's pretty graphic, actually. So it's like, oh, I kind I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Um, was it accurate to the book? I don't remember what they okay. did in the book. I gotta reread this series, man. Yeah, I, I that was gonna run out of one of my questions. If you if this made you want to reread, yeah, eventually it's on my list of a thousand books. Ah, uh, yes, the list of a thousand <laughs> books. <laughs> like it, it sounds like an epic book in and of itself. <laughs> the list of a thousand. It's just a book of lists. Oh God. Lists of more books. <laughs> this is this is like you. This is so you. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Cauldron Board. Very creepy. Very cool. Wish they were on screen more. Uh, how about Creeper? Creeper. I love Creeper. Okay. I mean, he. I can see how people would think he's annoying, but I like Creeper too. I have a very specific reason for liking him. Oh, tell me why. I recognized his voice. Oh, did you? Yes. And I looked up who played him. And that was Phil Fondacaro? Yes. How do you know Phil? Probably from either Willow. I'm not sure what else he's been in, but I remember since we watched Willow recently, ah. I remember seeing him in that. I think he was an Ewok. Yes, he was an Ewok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't remember for him from Willow, even though I saw that recently. Mm-hmm. I remember him from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, I never watched that. Uh, he played this character who popped up every once in a while and was in love with Sabrina, but of course she didn't like him. And so oh. he was kind of an antagonist, but in an adorable way. Oh. <laughs> now his voice is 
I, I like his voice. I, I really liked his delivery in this movie. And the character was kind of kind of fun. I mean, you, you have so many like sidekick villains who are happy when the villain dies. But I really liked the way he played this one. He was like losing his mind. Just like, yeah! <laughs> and loving it. Yeah. Like throughout the movie, like my 21st century sensibilities were like, well, if you don't like working for the Horned King, don't do it. <laughs> no, this is fantasy, medieval. Yeah. You, no. you gotta do it. You gotta be the henchman. Yep, yep. Didn't go to henchman school for nothing. <laughs> He's like a goblin. Yeah, I think a little goblin thing. I'm not sure. He's not in the books, but he's based a fun little invention for the movie. They they made the character for Phil von Karo. Yeah, right? That's what I'm going to believe. I, I'll believe it, too. We've got the, the three witches, then, I think. Yeah. Oh, we also forgot about the fairies, but yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Which first? Let's fairies witches. Witches. Okay. Yeah, three witches. Um, uh, One of them gets all up in Fluter's business. It's it's always the overweight one who's yeah. like overly amorous. Yeah, that Disney loves doing that. And it's just like, okay, we've seen this like how many times now, Disney? Yeah. And it's still not funny. Yeah. And then there was a frog and boobs. I think that's what I wrote. Frog and boob actually is what I wrote. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a frog. Yeah, well Fluter got frog turned into in a, the, oh. he, he was in the cleavage. He got turned around to a frog and then ended up in her cleavage. Yeah. And then we had a close-up of her cleavage for freaking ever. It was, it just hung on the screen. It's like, we didn't cut this, but we cut the cool cauldron-born mauling people. I I mean, come on. Oh, and then there was like Esmeralda's mother dancing. Oh my God. Just, (laughs) oh my God. I swear the outfit. Like, I, I didn't go back and like compare, but just my initial like, wait, that really looks like Esmeralda's outfit. Yeah. And if all Disney movies are connected, I think that was Esmeralda's mother. I mean, if you look at, like, time period, maybe, mm-hmm. right? Maybe. Like, I don't know when this is supposed to be, actually. But if, like, Hunchback of Notre Dame is in, like, 1400s, uh-huh. this could have been maybe, maybe? Maybe. Oh, well, I mean, okay, <laughs> if we get really nerdy about this. Well, then... let's see, Hunchback takes place in France, but this movie maybe this takes is Welsh. place in, in Wales. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Maybe Esmeralda's mother started off in Wales and then she moved to France and then had Esmeralda there when she grew up. It all makes sense. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you kept me from getting nerdy. Good job. Okay. <laughs> Witches. Um, I, honestly, I, I liked their designs other than the token overweight one being what she was. Uh, the other ones, again, made me think very Milt Call-ish kind of stuff <laughs> they kind of reminded me of um <gasps> yes i know i know what you're gonna say i can't remember her uh, late uh the rescuers yeah yeah lady red hair medusa yeah okay yeah <laughs> you saw where i was going with that just from my face um that's awesome but yeah yeah that that's i got that vibe and they also kind of a little bit reminded me of the the three fates from hercules oh yeah a little bit that reminds me, a creeper reminded me of a combination between pain and panic. Yeah. And so we were reminded of these characters. And then we, were, we watched this on Disney Plus. Yeah. And oh, then that's they, right. they suggested Hercules to us right after this movie. Yeah. And we were like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Very different tonally, <laughs> to say the least. But interesting. Interesting. Oh, yeah. So the fairies. You had where the king fairy was, and then Dolly, who I really liked 
that character. Yeah, Dole was also played by John Bynum. Yeah, the same guy who did Gurgi. Which he's a great voice for him. Like bam, bam, it kind of voice. Dole is my mood. Oh yeah. That was my mood this entire movie. Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and you had a a note about the king fairy. Oh, it's Mr. Ages. Yeah. It's Mr. Ages from um Secret of Yeah, and then I also, when I confirmed that, I had to look it up. I was like, I know it's him, but I still want to double check. Mm-hmm. Just, um, and I found out that he was also uh, Toodles and Hook. That's Aww. him. Yeah. Aww. I know, I knew that would get you. We're <laughs> 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 keeping that in because that's funny. Mm-hmm. Ever struck a notebook. <laughs> but caught it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Toodles. Um, but yeah, Mr. Age's Tools, and now King Fairy Dude, whose name I don't know, probably something Welsh. But very, very charming little little characters. In the books, they are not little tiny flying fairies, but more like dwarfs, I think. Oh. But, mm. well, they had to make it cutesy for they, Disney. They sure did. And the little little kid ones were actually kind of cute. I thought it was going to be like, ugh, annoying little children characters, but... I liked how they were like, I want to see the pretty lady <laughs> playing with her and all excited to see humans and stuff. Cool. It's cute. So yeah, the whole idea of a live action. Because like, that's what Disney's been doing a lot of, is like these live action remakes. They're still doing them. We're not done. But what do you think of them potentially tackling the black culture and whether it's like a Disney Plus exclusive or it's even a series because mm-hmm. like there's five books that different season for each book, perhaps, you yeah. know? Well, the live-action ones they've done so far, the ones I've seen, have been so disappointing oh. that I think I feel like I have to say to Disney, hey, if you do this as a live-action, you need to go all in. Yeah. Like, ugh. Or you mentioned maybe doing a series, which makes more sense for the books. For the long form. Yeah. And then they wouldn't have to worry about box office and you know right. cutting too much or making it too much of this mood or that mood yeah. they can just do the series you know yeah they're, they're good, good at series i was gonna say that their series have been doing very well for the most part i think so yeah no it'd be it'd be nice to see them try to tackle it i mean they can't do any worse can they <laughs> can Ooh. they Ooh, <laughs> challenge acceptances disney uh-oh and then uh, a little fun fact there's actually two fun facts. So, God, I'm going to say it wrong. Mabinogion. The Mabinogion? I think that's how you say it. Mabinogion. So that's what Lloyd Alexander looked at for like sort of inspiration for this. It's like a collection of old myth and stories and stuff. It's like the oldest, oldest collection. It's, it's like the Welsh equivalent of the Prosetta for like Norse mythology. Um, and it's kind of it's contemporary. I want to say it's from around the same time so i just thought that was kind of interesting that yeah yeah, he he pulled some inspiration from that and actually specific characters as well which we don't see in this because they didn't focus on those characters or they cut them Mm. (laughs) and then lloyd alexander himself he actually passed away in 2007 so he was around for when this movie came out and his opinion was actually not like terrible obviously he 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 specified like yeah, the book, the books in the movie are nothing alike. There's like no resemblance. But I found the movie enjoyable, huh. you know, for like for what it was, kind of thing. 
and that he hoped that people would, you know, go read the books after watching it or that they were at least entertained by the movie. And then I guess there was some talk of maybe Disney tackling Time Cat at some point. And he was mm. like, I hope I, I live to see that. And Aww. I guess he didn't because I don't think there's a Time Cat movie. Mm. Unless there is. Oh, we'll, we'll find out, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's, I think, what I've got there. And I don't know if you have any final thoughts or anything we didn't talk about that you want to... Uh, there was a point where there was a dog or a wolf. Oh, God, yeah. Like, took a little bit, and we both noticed that he he got exhausted or something, and he wheezed just like the wolf from The Sword of the Stone. Yeah, it kind of did like a little thing as he kind of like, like wilted a little yeah. bit, and he's like, <gasps> It felt like all the animators just wanted to redo The Sword of the Stone. Yeah. Or use that as inspiration so hard that... They ended up repeating themselves. Well, what's interesting is that, yeah, there's like a lot of crossover though with like Arthurian legend and then Welsh yeah. legend as well. <laughs> it's like it's all very intertwined. So it's, I, I can get wanting to have that similar inspiration. It's going to be a similar time period. It's going to be all that stuff. But yeah, there were certain things. It's like, you guys didn't really have to go that hard, did you? <laughs> you could have done something new or different. And I guess they kind of did. They had some CGI in this movie. Mm. They had the live action, like, smoke and fog and stuff, which I think looked like shit. Oh, I liked the smoke. Oh, I thought it just looked really poorly integrated, in my opinion. Um, CGI was actually pretty decent. You could barely tell when it was happening, especially for that early on. It's like, good job, guys. You know what about, like lightning flashes and stuff like that was that cgi no no the cgi would have been like the cauldron itself um there was like some bubbles or something i think the boat was cgi little things like that so what about all the light flashes do you know what that was uh probably just what they've done before <laughs> i know also like when henwin has her vision in the cold uh, not the cauldron in like the little bucket of water at the beginning uh, they used like a clip from Fantasia. Yeah, I know. it's like, hmm, this looks familiar. But yeah, similar kind of just standard animation lighting effect kind of it thing. It looked like they were trying to do the lighting effects from The Secret of Nim. Oh. But, but in a different way, you know? Yeah, it's possible that they kind of did something similar yeah. there, though. And yeah. I thought it looked cool. Yeah. What I didn't think it looked cool were the clouds in the background. They were like actual. That's what I was saying. It's like the real footage and stuff looks awful. Yeah. So like when they used like, here's here's a fog machine that the Horned King is walking around in. Or here's the fog coming out of the cauldron. Here's the clouds in the background where the characters look like they're just stamped on top of it. Like a green yeah, screen. One, that, that one was the worst. <laughs> Come on, Disney. Yeah. And though this was the first time they showed CG in the movie, Great Mass Detective also had CG and it was finished before this one was. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about which Disney film first had CG, technically Great Mass Detective finished development of its CG effects first. <laughs> so even though this was released first, meh, 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 meh. <laughs> we'll talk more about the CG in that movie when we get okay. to it. Uh, we both liked the castle, didn't we? Don't yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Didn't like it when it blew up at the end, though. It looked really yeah. cheap. <laughs> but the castle itself was pretty cool. We were both just like, yeah, metal. <laughs> there was a really funny part when um, the Horned King was talking to himself about his plan. And he was like, yes, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, buddy. 
Um, I, I love a good villain who talks to himself, you know? Yeah, you know, maybe he's just lonely. Maybe that's why he made all the cauldron board. <laughs> Keep him company. But you have Creeper. Uh, my, my favorite thing was pointing out the uh, the clearly animated rocks that were going to <laughs> fall whenever Taran touched them. Yeah. It's like, don't watch out for that scenery. <laughs> it kept happening, man. You could always see it. Yeah. But yeah. Gosh. I mean, that, that, uh, for me, final thought is just not very good, but not the worst. Yeah, same here. Yeah. We've seen worse. If there ever is a remake... Put John Hurt and Phil Fondacaro in it. I'm just saying. John Hurt's dead. Oh, we'll put him in anyway. He's the horned just, king. Just bring his voice back and just put it right back in there. Just use the same voice lines. He's the horned king. He's like a skeleton person. He can come back. No, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, no, make Phil Fondacaro the horned king. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he's still around. I like it. Cast. Yes. <laughs> I've decided. <laughs> anyway, that's enough for the Black Cauldron. All right. Uh, what are we watching next time? Vampire Hunter D. That's an anime. Yes, it sure is. And I'm going to clarify. It's not the one that I've seen before. It's the older one because I've seen a Vampire Hunter D movie, but it was much more recent than this one. This is 80s and it's going to look like 80s. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh boy. I'm intrigued. I'm very, I'm very curious about this one. But yeah, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Pig keeper? Yeah, it's not even farmer. It's a pig keeper, right? You don't farm pigs. <laughs> but they farm you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>